What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Standard Podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. He is Grant Cohn. This is Stats and Cohn. What's up, Grant? Good morning, Rob. How are you? It's good to see you. I am so... See, you don't know what this is like, Grant. You are not... You don't live and die with the 49ers like I do. So when they win, especially that kind of game against that team, I'm like cloud nine. Like, I didn't go to sleep that night because I just wanted to rewatch the highlights over and over again. I was like that when I was a little kid, when I used to root for teams. Like I, used, I rooted for the San Francisco Giants. And if they won the game, I would watch SportsCenter every time. And if they lost, I wouldn't watch SportsCenter that day. I, why would I put myself through that? Now, I live for those moments. I don't know what happened to me. Well, you... But no, I enjoyed this game. It was like the most impressive win I can remember. You have to appreciate what the Niners did. We'll always remember this game. It, for so many reasons, not the least of which was a random security guard putting his hands on Dre Greenlaw and getting, I mean, just totally injecting himself into the game. It was a wild game all around. Yeah, the Dom DeSandro storyline really elevated it to a to classic. It would have been a great game, but that made it a classic. It was, I mean, no one could have seen that coming. Literally, uh, Kevin Burkhardt and Greg Olson, in the beginning of the broadcast, they're talking about how, the, oh, the, the Eagles security guy, Dom, hooked us up with these dinner reservations. And then like an hour and a half later, he's like a major player in the game, leading to the ejection of uh, the Niners' second best linebacker. Wouldn't that have been a funny prop bet? Dom DeSandro gets a player ejected. I'm taking that. I, I mean, literally, you couldn't have, I don't know who wrote that part of the script, but they probably deserve a raise. Why does everyone know him? So he really, Greg and Kevin, like, hey, Dom hooked us up. Yeah. And then after the game, yesterday on the conference call, two days ago, Kyle was like, I really hope nothing bad happens to Dom. Dom's a good guy. It's like, what? Mm. Who is Dom? Yep. And why is he there? Some, I'm just saying, it, real sketchy how everybody's uh, tone on the 49. Like, all of a sudden, Everyone's on a first name basis with him. Yeah. Dre Everybody. Greenlaw picked on the wrong dude. No one knows Dre is Dre. He's Greenlaw. Sorry. And by the way, Eagles fans, let me just say, what is Dom going to do? You think Dom's going to stop Dre Greenlaw if Dre really wants to get in a fight? I got news for you. He ain't stopping Dre Greenlaw, all right? The other NFL players can't stop Dre Greenlaw. Big Dom is not going to do it. So the idea that he was trying to break up a fight, he's not preventing anything, and he shouldn't even have been anywhere near the players. That was a joke. Yeah, what is his actual job? He's on the sideline to do what? Not that. Right. He's on the sideline to what protect Nick Sirianni in case a fan runs on the field and tries to tackle him. You can't seem to be the extent. Right. You need to look at the crowd to prevent that. Not the players. Yeah, look the, the other way, man. Go stand closer to the to the play to the to the fans. You don't need to be. Does he need to be in Nick Sirianni's pocket? Does he need to be right there? I mean, I don't know. I guess when we watch Kyle Shanahan, we'll try to see if their head of security is there. But I bet you he doesn't ever start a fight. Because that guy started, he actually touched Greenlaw first. What? Dre's not messing with him if he doesn't touch him first. By the way, Oscar says, Stats, where'd you get the Niners Tech Mobile shirt that I just tweeted out about? Uh, It's at homage.com, or you can just click the link in the description of this show. Just click it right there. You can order the uh, the, uh, Niners Tech Mobile stuff. They just dropped a bunch of new merch. So shout out to everybody at Homage. Thank you for hooking me up. Hooking up my son with a Debo shirt, too. And, uh, yeah, it's a nice, uh, nice gift idea for the holiday season. All right, Grant, I want to get into the main thrust of the video today, which is going to be Brock Purdy, because after this game, people started with the Brock Purdy MVP talk. And a lot of people are pushing back about that. There's a lot of discussion about his yak yardage and all of that stuff. I actually think it's to Brock's advantage 
to have people constantly underestimating him. Like I saw the perfect tweet before the game. It showed Brock just walking into the stadium like they do. And somebody was like, we're not losing to this nerd. And I was like, yes, that is perfect. I think other teams underestimate him. They look at him. He's not big. He doesn't have the strongest arm. They think they're going to be able to knock him around. They don't think he's that good. And then he gets out there and he plays the way he plays. And I think it takes people by surprise. Okay, so they say we're not losing to this nerd, but you you aren't really losing to this nerd. You're losing to Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. Like nothing against Brock Purdy. The Niners have these four incredible playmakers, and he does a great job of distributing the ball to them quickly and efficiently on time when they're open, finding the right guy against the right coverage. He does all of it beautifully, and he allows them to win the game. Debo Samuel was the one who beat the Eagles, not Brock. Like, Brock's numbers are great, but those are Debo's numbers. And that's okay. That's how the Niners are set up. They spend their money on playmakers, not quarterback. So the the idea is flipped on the Niners. Like, Brock, you don't have to go be Josh Allen. You don't have to go off script. You don't have to be a hero at all. Just distribute the ball on time. Make a couple guys miss when there's pressure. He does a great job of that. But no, he's not the freaking MVP. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, it, to me, it's like saying two is the MVP of the Dolphins. Like, no, it's all about Tyreek Hill. And on this team, it's all about, I think, first and foremost, Christian McCaffrey and the weapons around them. And Brock Purdy's great, but, like, are you really going to spend – like, would you spend $60 million on his job, on that skill set, or is that something that maybe you could spend a million dollars on a year? Look at Jake Browning the other day. I'm on a rant. It's 9 in the morning. I had two cups of coffee. Your turn. Oh, double cups of coffee. Okay. 24 ounces. I agree that Sunday was if you're looking to to hand wave away some of what we've seen from Brock Purdy and say like, hey, the other guys are doing most of the work. The Eagles, I agree. That was mostly short passes on Sunday. I mean, the fact that, you know, Brock couldn't get a quote unquote touchdown pass that would have impressed people because Debo just took off like a rock. Okay. He executed to perfection. A an A performance from Brock Purdy. Nothing against it. Nothing seriously. But I do think there have been other games this year where that has not been the case. I do think there have been other games this year where Brock is throwing deeper down the field. Look at the Cowboys game in week five, their other dominating victory. That was not Brock checking it down and guys doing all the work for the touchdown. Brock was making those plays. So I think we've had some of both from Brock Purdy. We have. We have. And I think it's a lot of people point this out, too. Like all the great quarterbacks have a supporting cast. You need to have a supporting cast. Look at Patrick Mahomes this year. Great, best quarterback in the league, but his numbers aren't so great because who? Travis Kelsey's a little older. Uh, they don't really have a serious wide receiver. Nope. And he's suffering because of that. And you look at – I was looking, I was comparing the Niners to like the Rams when we were kids. Kurt Warner's in the Hall of Fame, and he had Marshall Falk, Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt. Like, no one really cared. And that's sort of what – Brock Purdy has. He has like four guys. So he you, you can't hold it against him. It's what you want. I just think it's funny. Teams have been trying to spend all their money on quarterbacks for the last 20 years, trying to figure it out around them. But now the Niners and the Dolphins are kind of showing teams like, hey, you know, quarterback isn't that important. It's important. But if you have killer weapons, you can make Tua look really good. <laughs> like any, Forget Purdy for a second because these are all Niner fans and people are emotionally attached to him. Look at Purdy. I mean, Tua. Does anyone really think Tua is that great? Because of his numbers. Tua. I don't think so. Nah. Everyone kind of gets it, right? He's good. But 
he's in a he's got Tyree Kill. He's got this great system. He's got these great weapons, and it's elevating him. And he's doing his part. But no, he's not worth sixty million dollars. And if the Dolphins give him sixty million dollars, they're making a big mistake, right? At some point. Yeah, I wouldn't give yeah. him sixty million, no. especially because some of the health concerns that are there right. too. With him, it's right. yeah. Um, so I'm not saying Purdy is the right-handed to it, but there are some carryovers here, like similar systems, similar creativity, similar advantages, similar supporting cast. And he's perfect for this at $900,000 a year. But when it's time to pay him $60 million a year, is that what you're going to do? Or are you going to say, you know what? We could actually probably find another guy to check it down to Christian McCaffrey for nothing. I'm just- yeah, but I, I think they've learned that by now they can't. It's different. It's it's different. Uh, I want to get to a couple of super chats. Chris Waddell brings right, up. Because they didn't know about Brock. They lucked into Brock. Yes, they, I agree. They backed into Brock. Yeah, it's true. Chris says Kurt Warner wasn't elite because he had Bruce Holt, Falk, and Martz, Montana with Rice, Taylor, Craig. I mean, you go down the list. Brett Favre, Mike Holmgren calling plays for him every time he won an MVP. So it's, you know, we can't separate that. There, There's no MVP where you're like, well, he had nobody else. His coach was terrible and all his players stunk. And he had no yak yards. Everything like that. Sometimes I feel like that's the criteria that we judge quarterbacks by. And I'm sorry, like it's got to be more than that. And I think Brock has given you some games with Yak and some games yeah, true. making the plays. Yeah, no, I just feel like is Brock pretty, you know, winning games on his talents like we see Josh Allen do or we see a lot of these elite quarterbacks do? Or is he getting the ball to his playmakers and letting them win the game? I mean, I guess in your point, it's it's been a little bit of both. Um, That's what but I, I think. What, 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 he, what makes him so good is he's so good at doing the second one. I think there he has some moments where he can be a playmaker. He can get out of the pocket and improv and get the ball down the field. But like he also has some moments where he turns the ball over trying to do that. He's just really good operating the system. Really had, good operating the system. Yeah, he's had some turnovers, some bad. You put ones. him on the Bears. Sure. He wouldn't be good. But that doesn't it matter. May, probably wouldn't be his fault. That doesn't matter. Like the test is not would you be good on every team in every situation? Because you only play for one and you're only in one. So if that if your knock on him is that he wouldn't be good somewhere else. Okay, but like this is where he is, and we have to judge him where he is. You can't judge him hypothetically on what he might do on another team in another. I'm system. just trying to make the point that like the Niners are are sort of elevating him, and he's very good at his job. But no one would notice if he were if he didn't have these playmakers. No one would really notice if he had to go play for another team that didn't have the playmakers. No one would be like, "Hey, that Brock Purdy's really special, man!" Like they make him look special. He is good. But so is Tua. Tua's good. Let me ask you a couple questions then. Has Brandon Ayuk ever looked better than he has this year? No. You know why? Because Brock Purdy's there. Oh, because Jimmy Garoppolo is a backup quarterback. That's I mean, how much the Niners elevate these guys, man. They made Jimmy Garoppolo look like a, a like a top 15 quarterback for a while. He wasn't even top 32 in retrospect. So that's Jimmy. what I would say. I would say that it's not these guys elevating Brock. It's that Jimmy Garoppolo was just awful he set the bar so low (laughs) and people didn't realize it It there were like rumors like man kyle's really a you know he's non-plus despite all these wins and and these great numbers yeah look at him at least brock purdy seems like he fully gets the playbook oh and he always seems surprised and confused (laughs) it's like you've been here for six years man what is going on Let's get to some of the super chats. Elite sure. Archer 23 says, Montana's numbers are all Jerry Rice then. Be consistent, Grant. All right. Matt McCune says, it's a complete team. Official B&A Music says, that coffee's going to run 
run through Grant like Debo through backup linebackers. Well done. Double coffee. That's a dangerous True. move by you. Absolutely. On an empty stomach. Oh, all right. You might not make it through the show. Antonio says, I don't think Purdy's the MVP. It's either Hill or Christian McCaffrey. If it comes down to quarterback, I only have Dak and Josh Allen ahead of him. That being said, he's very much in the race and there's plenty of time. Let me just say this. Dak Prescott's going on his tomato can world tour here where they play every team that sucks. He is not the MVP, okay? In his two biggest games, he was awful in 50% of them. He was good against the Eagles when they played a couple weeks ago. He was hideously bad against the 49ers in week five. Spare me the Dak Prescott MVP talk. No. No, absolutely not. To me, this year, the MVP should not be a quarterback. It should be Tyreek Hill or Christian McCaffrey. Those are the two best players in the league this year. I think clearly you can't because you're going to give it to Purdy. Purdy is not the best quarterback in the league. He's the MVP. He's not even a top five quarterback in the league. You could maybe, maybe he's top 10. Tua is not a top five quarter. He's going to be the MVP. No, Tyreek Hill is the best wide receiver in the league. Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in the league. One of those two guys should be the, the freaking MVP. The best quarterback in the league is Patrick Mahomes. And he should not be the MVP. I don't, I don't understand just giving it to a quarterback because his numbers are great. Like no context for that. Is he the best quarterback in the league? No. Is running back the best running back in the league? Yes. <laughs> like, I, obviously. I don't know. I think you could make the argument that this is a year where maybe you give it to a position player. I would be fine with that. Uh, Steven Larder says, look at the offense with Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. It was torture with Brock Purdy. It's poetry. I likened it yesterday on Twitter with Jimmy to a Ferrari, driving a Ferrari with the e-brake on. That's what it was like with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy. You're going to get there eventually, but it's going to take longer than it should, and it's going to stink the whole time. And if anybody's ever driven their car with the emergency brake on, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Jimmy, The Jimmy Garoppolo experience took way too long. He was never really bought into what Kyle Shanahan was doing. They're always kind of having this passive-aggressive match where something wouldn't work, and Jimmy would kind of look at Kyle like, oh, good call, Kyle. And Jimmy would <laughs> look at him like, well, how come you suck? And forever. And then they would have to, like, pretend they liked each other and they couldn't move on. And now you have this Brock Purdy who is so earnest. He's right on the same page with Kyle Shanahan. He's fully learned the offense. He's like a young Matt Ryan with mobility. He's really good. He's really, 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 really good. So I'll make that clear for the people watching. Talking about teams underestimating Brock. I think you saw it with the Eagles when Brock rolls out to scramble. And I think it was Bradley Roby who comes in and just tries to give him like a shoulder tackle. You have to retire after that effort. What? (laughs) Brock bounces off and keeps going like, dude. Brock's really good. He's really good. Just that little extra. It's that, like, Jimmy is never doing that. I went back uh, yesterday and just started watching some highlights of Jimmy Garoppolo in there. And it's so, like, just the fact that there are so many plays where he drops back and there's a little bit of pressure and, like, that's it. The play is just over. And with Brock, it's not like that. He he can extend it. He can move. He can slide. He just has that little bit extra, and it's done so much for this offense. Yeah, absolutely. The Jimmy Garoppolo experience. They played him five games, and he got hurt. No, and he got paid. Then he came back, was terrible, got hurt. I mean, it was – anyway, let's talk about Chris Waddell. Thank you, Chris, coming in with a big uh, donation. We appreciate that. Peyton Manning wasn't great until James Harrison and Reggie Wayne. The only quarterback to do more with less was Brady in a lot of the Patriot years. Also, a few years, Rodgers got no help whatsoever. Two of the best ever. No one's claiming Purdy is the best ever, but right now, he is this year's MVP. I think it's McCaffrey, man. I think it's McCaffrey. McCaffrey's the best running back in the league. Purdy's not the best quarterback in the league. I, I think it's the same parallel with, with Miami, Tua and, and Tyreek. It's about Tyreek. But is Brock the best quarterback this year? 
is he having the best year this year? Because that's what the MVP statistically, is. statistically. But is he is he the best quarterback? Can he do anything to change your mind the rest of the way? Yeah, sure. There's five games left for sure. But I, I mean, Christian McCaffrey could get hurt. Christian McCaffrey's on pace for 24 touchdowns and 2,000 yards from scrimmage. When Marshall Falk did that, he was the MVP. See, that's why. Yes. Kurt Warner being on the team. Like Marshall Falk won the MVP on a loaded team with Kurt Warner. Why can't McCaffrey? Because he's a running back? Well, when did that rule happen? That's what I said. I said, if you don't want to say Brock is the MVP, okay, whatever. But what's the argument for Tyreek Hill over Christian McCaffrey? Like, oh, Tyreek. I would vote for, for McCaffrey. I would vote for McCaffrey. I think it's going to score like 24 touchdowns. He's got 17 already. 12 rushing touchdowns, most ever for a Niners running back in, in franchise history, by the way. 17 total touchdowns. It's absurd. And honestly, like, he, he's kind it's of absurd. been quieter when it comes to scoring the touchdowns lately. Like, I think eventually they're going to get back to him putting up touchdowns. I agree. 24 yeah. is, is definitely possible. I think he should be the MVP. He's having an all-time great running back season. All-time great running back season. And I know statistically Brock Purdy is too. Sorry. I watch the games and I feel like the one who's special is the guy who wears the 23, not the 13. Super special. Hall of Fame level special. Keith Murphy, the unbeaten, says Bill Walsh's system was built on Yak. He's 14 and three. Look at Montana's record and interceptions in his first 20 games. You judge players for where they are. Uh, Montana I would, didn't have Jerry Rice and Roger Craig when he won his first Super Bowl. And it was a different game. You could maul the receivers back then. So you were going to throw yeah. more interceptions back in the day. I think, you know. Yeah. We, also, we, you could maul the quarterback. Right. And God knows Joe Montana took some shots. I, I think we can praise today's players without having to disparage or compare to uh, players of the past. Uh, Matt McCune says, I just want number six. Screw the MVP. I, if you had to I, don't, I mean. Ball, they're gonna get it unless unless someone one of the one of those two guys gets hurt. Like Purdy, they probably would have got it last year if Purdy hadn't gotten hurt. And that's essentially on Kyle for having the wrong game plan. And that's the the wild card is Kyle. He's so dialed in. He's always dialed in in December. What's it gonna be in late January, early February? That's his thing. We'll see. Maybe he gets tired. Seasonal. The Niners have won 15 straight regular season games in November or later. That is the fifth longest such streak in the Super Bowl era. That is He's, damn yeah. impressive. That's why I'm trying not to get too excited about this. Like, they did this last year. They're always the best team in the league in early December. Always. But that's not the goal. The goal is to be the best team in the league in February. That's what they got to do. And that's what they couldn't do last year. Got to keep Brock Purdy and McCaffrey healthy. Both it's of them. not even be the best team in the league in February. It's not because the Niners have been in 2012. They were in 2019. They were, and they didn't win the Super Bowl of the year. It's literally just being about the best team in the last game. You just have to like the Niners were the best team in 2012. They were better than the Ravens. They absolutely were, but they didn't win the game. The Niners were better than the chiefs in 2019. That's why they play the game. Yeah. They lost yeah. that game. So I yeah. don't like, you don't have to be the best team, although it is nice to be on top of everybody's power rankings. This you got to win the game. Yeah, just find a way to do it. But uh, right. we got to talk about stuff while we get there. Uh, Keith Murphy, the unbeaten, says Mark Rippon and Rich Gannon won MVPs. Uh, also, if Brock were a top 10 pick with pedigree, this wouldn't be all these mental gymnastics to judge his worth. I agree. That That is something. If he wins a Super Bowl, that goes away. But if, until he does, he'll always have that. Yeah, if Brock were a top 10 pick, though, he'd be on the Jets or the Bears. And no one be talking about him as the MVP. So it goes both ways. I suppose that's fair. He'd be on the uh, Patriots. Official BNA Music says Brock needs more special highlights to win MVP. I do think that 
you know, we talk about like the special. You don't like swing passes? You don't like screens and swings? Come on. They're not all swings and screens. They were on Sunday for the most part. I agree. But they haven't all been. But No, I, they haven't. He's very good in, in the intermediate level. He just doesn't throw deep. Very much. I think with Brock, the special plays that you're talking about are his his reading the defense, his processing, and his quick decision-making. But it's really hard to see that on tape, whereas if you throw a 50-yard laser, everybody goes, oh, damn, look at that, you know? Like, I think he does make special plays, but the special is from the neck up. And so we don't ooh and ah over that as much as we do when it's from the neck down. But again, like, the way the Niners are built, when you spend, how much do they spend a year on Christian McCaffrey? Uh, 15. 15, I think. They spend, like... 16 they 16 on him 15 on on kittle 24 on debo and they're and then they're, and they're going to spend a lot on brandon Ayuk. you're not asking your quarterback to be the hero you're not asking your quarterback to win the game we're like dude we're spending nine hundred thousand dollars a year on you just execute the offense get the ball out on time and that's what he does so it's you can't knock him for doing his job perfectly but at the same time you got to acknowledge what his job is and there's a reason why they make the money and he doesn't. It'll be interesting to see if that flips in two years. But that's something that they'll, that's a decision they don't have to make yet. And that's the best part. Uh, yeah. Speaking of acknowledging things, really quick, before we get to this super chat, because God knows I like whiskey. There is a significant portion of Eagles fans out there that really did think that the NFC Championship game last year would have gone exactly the same way if Brock Purdy never got hurt. Now, I started the instant reaction show on Sunday saying, we, you know, this doesn't prove we would have won the NFC championship game because it doesn't. That was a different team. We don't know. But my God, can Eagles fans at least admit that clearly the game would have been different if Brock Purdy had not gotten hurt? Can we just admit that now, please? We, just saw, it. we saw it. But again, what's interesting to me is it's the it's Kyle's fault that Purdy got hurt because he called, as we said, I know you disagree. He shouldn't have called that slow developing play action pass from under center with, with Croft blocking Reddick. And he was like, yeah, it's fine. You know, I'd do it again. No, you wouldn't do it again. He didn't say I'd do it again, but he acted like he would. He didn't. He came out with a perfect game plan this time. Let's get out. Let's get away from uh, the line of scrimmage. Get sh- uh, pretty in the shotgun. Let's have a bunch of extended handoffs. Let's got to go to a West Coast offense. Completely neutralize the Eagles front seven as opposed to letting the front seven dominate you like they did in the NFC Championship game. So it was. Yeah, with Purdy and the right game plan, the Niners smoked him. It was on Kyle. East Kyle's East. in his bag right now. He's doing very well. He, I, it's brilliant. Very well. Uh, East Coast Whiskey says, while I'd still tune in the middle of the night to watch the Niners here in Scotland, Brock and his story takes it to a new level. It's so inspiring. And then we destroy the Eagles equals pure joy. Thanks, gold standard. I'm just happy that this is the team that we have to cover and talk about right now. And I, I said it during the big win streak, like, appreciate this this is so rare like they're so freaking good like this mm-hmm. six straight touchdowns that doesn't mm-hmm. happen it hasn't happened for the 49ers in 31 years 1992 mm-hmm. was the last time that happened this team is so special that's why like they have to win the super bowl this year because teams like this with this collection of stars with this coach in a year where pretty much every damn quarterback in the AFC is hurt pretty much like you have to win the Super Bowl this year. Opportunities like this do not come along very often. Absolutely not. I mean, if you just try to measure up teams like the 1988, look at the 1988 Niners compared to this team. That team had Roger Craig, Tom Rathman, uh, Jerry Rice. Oh, let me see who else they had. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just Roger Craig, Jerry Rice, Tom Rathman. Do they have Brent Jones? They had Brent Jones, but he was kind of young. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I bet John Taylor on that team. Let's look at the 1980. I, John Taylor's sneaky good. Don't yeah, sleep. John Taylor was – but which one was better? So hold on. We got in 1989, Jerry Rice, Tom Rathman, John Taylor, Roger Craig, Brent Jones. Okay, so that's the one. Nineteen, The 1989 team that won the Super Bowl. Jerry Rice, 82 catches. Tom Rathman, 73. John Taylor, 60. Roger Craig, 49. Brent Jones, 40. What's a better group of weapons, that or what the Niners have now? Well, but the Niners have now has not been seen in the NFL before. They're the first team ever to have an all pro at running back, wide receiver and tight end at the same time. First team ever. So yeah. literally, that's where they are right now. They, that's why I say you have to appreciate this. It's not something you're going to be able to keep for together forever. It's not something yeah. where you're going to have all these guys. I don't want to say at their peak of their powers, because I'm not sure if all of them are at the peak of their powers, but they're all still playing at a super high level. Like this is a moment in time that does not come along very often. So please, please appreciate it. And just sit back and watch because they are mauling people right now. Yeah, absolutely. Vincent Fernandez says it is MVP most valuable, not best player award with Purdy. The Niners are head and shoulders above everyone. If Sam Darnold played, they'd be, under 500 MVP. Okay, but if you took away Christian McCaffrey and all they had was Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason, I mean, I like Jordan Mason, but it would be way different. We haven't really seen Brock Purdy without Christian McCaffrey. That's, you can't really just check it down to Elijah Mitchell and get have a great play. Like, didn't Michael Parsons make this case? He said this. He was on. He's like, look, I could play quarter. I could throw the ball to Tua. I could throw the ball to Christian McCaffrey. Just anytime you throw the ball, throw it up to Tua, he's going to catch it. Anytime you check it down to Christian McCaffrey, he's going to make a guy miss. Like He literally said that on his podcast the other day. That's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm not too interested in what Micah Parsons has to say. How about you do your job better? How about you don't disappear when you play against the 49ers, Micah? Worry about that instead of worrying about throwing to Tyreek Hill, okay? All Mr. Right. where the bullets get bullied. Shut up. Uh, Matt McCune says, I agree with Grant. Wild card is Kyle Shanahan and injuries. Yes, I mean, clearly the injuries are, are an absolute thing. I feel like the Niners tried to... Uh, build against that by the signing of Logan Ryan because God knows they were thin at safety. So I think they are trying to kind of factor that in and protect themselves against that. But it's a sport with 100% injury rate. So good luck. little concerned about, not concerned. I'm just interested about, um, concerned is the wrong word. I don't root for this team. Eric Armstead. He's had this foot yeah. issue the last couple of weeks. They keep talking about it after games. Now there's some knee issues. It's like, seems like they might need to shut him down. I don't know. Shut him down for a few weeks so he's ready for the playoffs because... I don't know. It seems like he's he really battled through it to play it a huge game. Okay. Maybe you should stop. He was awesome too. And he's, he's been, been awesome really good long. He's been really uh, good. So yeah, and you know what? The Niners have kind of earned that a little bit. Like maybe they can rest him a little bit, hopefully. Um, they've got the Seahawks coming up, they've got the Cardinals coming up, then obviously you have the Ravens on Christmas. You, you you'd hope Armstead could be back for that game. But uh, we'll have to see how that develops this week. Uh, Nadro 49er says, hey, Grant, how amusing will it be when Niner fans use your comments against Brock when it's time to pay him? Not just the Niner fans, but the Niners. You really think the Niners is going to hand over 60 million to Brock Purdy? That, that uh, Maybe, but uh, they handed I think it part of Brock, I'd like to know. I mean, what are they going to do? Are they going to draft another? They should draft another quarterback this year. I'm getting ahead oh. of myself. But it's like, guys, you have the, you invent, you didn't, invent the formula but you stumbled into the formula it's working for the C cincinnati right now with jake browning all you need is a quarterback a four get a four-year starter get a four-year starter bring him here seems like it works i don't think it's that i really don't think it's that easy. i think it's that start. easy everybody would do it and it's not well, everybody's not doing it's it. not that easy but it's a good place to start like stop getting guys who haven't played that much
stop trying to develop players on your is not a developmental league. Oh, it's I not. Agree. You yeah. need a guy who can play right away. And if if he's any good and he can play right away, you can elevate, you can make him look a lot better. You can make him look. I mean, the, the Bengals are making Jake Browning look good. Is he good? It's Jake Browning. Yeah, but he but- just went for 354 and put up a 115 quarterback rating against the Jaguars who have a good defense because he's good or because he's just, he can play. I mean, he's experienced and he has Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Joe Mixon. I don't know. Maybe he's good. I mean, if the argument is surround your quarterback with good players. Yeah. I think that's been, you know, the goal for a lot of teams. Um, But I don't think you can just throw anybody in there because this offense is better than it's ever been. Don't just throw money at quarterbacks. Don't just throw a ton of resources at that position. Because it's that position is so dependent on everyone else. And I think the Niners have taken it to the extreme. Like, don't throw any resources at that position. <laughs> throw no resources at that position. Get a guy in the seventh round with the last pick undrafted and have all pros all around him. And it's like, if he's competent, he should look good. I'm sorry. Like, if he's learning on the job, then, it, then it'll be beyond him. Like, you don't know how to play. You didn't play that much in college. And it doesn't matter that you have all pros all around you. Trey, sorry but you did play a lot in college. Okay. Well now your job is way easier. Now, instead of whatever you were doing at Purdue or Iowa state or Florida A&M, like you have Christian McCaffrey, Brandon, I, if you're experienced and you're good, now you're great. Now you're an MVP. It's not just that though. I really, I don't think it's just, he's surrounded by good players. So, like some of what he's doing is a credit. Him. Right. You can't just put any six round pick on the Niners and Skylar Thompson or Bla- Bailey right. Zappi. But I do think if you, look at quarterbacks who threw like 1400 1500 passes and sort of set your expectations like guys you can get in round five or later who are experienced man draft a bunch of them get two bring them in you you can you can miss on those guys you can't miss on the guys in round one but you can miss on the guys in round three bring in a bunch see who works out Niners didn't know Brock Purdy was going to work out they had him and Nate Sudfeld and they were looking real hard and they were like "Mm, I think it's Brock Okay, great. You got it. But you didn't know that right away. So just it seems like you can just bring in those guys. There are a dime a dozen. There's a bunch of guys like this in college. No, but see, I don't think there are. I think there are maybe a bunch of guys that are experienced. They like, just need to have the right opportunity in the right situation. Look at Jake Browning. No one thought he was anything. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, one game. He oh, he's played more than one game. He's proof of concept. He, what did he come in against the Steelers? He was 19 of 26 against the Steelers. For 227 yards with one touchdown and one pick. What was his quarterback rating? His quarterback rating was 96.2. This is a nobody. A guy who was on a practice squad. Just so two games? He just, some of these guys just need opportunities. And the guys who get the opportunities historically are the guys who are drafted in round one, who have the upside, who need the reps, who need the... All of a sudden, the NFL's like, no, wait a second. Let's go the Brock Purdy route. And it's just, it's like, wait a second. So quarterbacks don't have to be expensive. Quarterbacks don't have to be developed. Quarterbacks can be cheap and, and ready and, and carried by their, and made to look better than they are. Like, wow, this changes everything. We were over here spending $30 million a year on Geno Smith and Jimmy Garoppolo. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We could do this. This is way better. And we don't have to get them in round one, two, three. Like, wow. Okay. That's just changes the whole league. That Geno Smith uh, contract is not looking too good. Uh, Keith Murphy, the unbeaten, says Trent is more important than Christian McCaffrey, in my opinion. I loved in this game when they wanted to really grind it out and just take the heart out of the Eagles. It was like, how about we just run behind 71 every time? And guess what? It was it was working. I agree with that, actually. Keith is true. Keith is right. Jeremy Price says 14th time. Is this a 12 win team? Dude, you called it, Jeremy. 
when things were looking bleak, you called it. This team's going to win at least 12 games, more like 13 or 14 or 15. Yeah, at least 12, I would say for sure. Uh, Chris Waddell is back. He says, if you watch the tape, the Eagles came in to take away the intermediate throws that we have been killing people with. I assume they thought they'd rally and tackle after the first quarter. Kyle adjusted and killed them. Yep. They, I mean, I just, do, just the, the throw in the flat to Kittle, to McCaffrey, to Debo, like the shallow cross, the swing, like killed him. Good job, Kyle. I love that Kyle made the Eagles chase them because their defense had been on the field for 166 plays the last two weeks. It was beautiful. Exactly. They were tired. And also the Niners are really hard to take down. So when you have that kind of combination, you get 214 of your 314 passing yards after the catch because the Eagles just could not stop it. The only thing he messed up, I thought, was the first two series. And he got a little lucky that the defense gave up field goals and not touchdowns. They could have been down 14 nothing, which in retrospect maybe wouldn't have mattered. They still might have blown them out. But he wanted to come out passing. He was in the shotgun. I'm cool with all that. You still can't go two series without getting the ball to Christian McCaffrey. And I know he would say that wasn't the plan and yada, yada, yada. I don't, dude, you got to find a way to get the ball to Christian McCaffrey before you fall down 14 nothing. And it almost happened. So that's the one thing. And then after that, he was perfect. <laughs> he figured it out. It's, I mean, I go perfect. back to Kittle saying, you know, sometimes Kyle calls plays that he doesn't necessarily think are going to pop, but he uses the information gained from those plays sure. and set up other plays. And it sure looked like maybe that was some of what would happen because it was, it was comical how many touchdowns the Niners were scoring. It was just literally every single time. It was such a joy to rewatch that game after you got past the first two possessions. Cause you were like, well, I know they're scoring here. And they were, this is not all like, 30 yard drives. We're talking 75 yard drives. We're talking 90 yard drives in one right. game. They literally think, as long as they needed to go to score. Yeah. And what made this game like so unique or unlike anything I've ever seen was how bad the Niners were on offense for the first two series. Just watching that, it just seemed like, man, they're not prepared or they're too something, they're, they're too over amped. They just not, they don't have it today. They have the wrong game plan. Kyle overthought it. And then to do a complete 180 in the second quarter that quickly was like, Oh, wait a second. No, no, no. This team's going to win the Super Bowl this year. Okay. Very interesting. What a game. What a game. 462 yards in the final three quarters of the game. Three quarters. It's just when they're at their best, nobody beats them. Period. End of story. Uh, Keep Murphy the unbeaten says Steve Young was a bust in Tampa with nothing around him. So that goes for any quarterback. I mean, Tampa was exceptionally bad back in the day. Uh, Keith is back, says this team reminds me of the KD Warriors. Got to cash in. I totally agree with you. We, we've we talked about Super Bowl or bust for the whole year, basically. Steve Young was a project who wasn't really great until he was 30. Not exactly what I'm talking about now. Steve Young is... They, then I just thought Trey, Young, Trey Lance could be like that. Brock Purdy isn't like that. Mike Drops with Monsa says, does degree of difficulty matter in the MVP race? That's a fair question. A lot of times it does. Yeah, it seems like to some people... It definitely does. Um, apparently, if you're not, you know, breaking three sacks and throwing a 50-yard laser across the field, then your touchdowns don't count, according to some people. I mean, that's why you could sort of argue a guy like C.J. Stroud could be the MVP. Like, look what he's done with Houston. They won three games last year. He is. He's awesome. Uh, Mike yeah. drops back, says Stroud's second string lineman in third. There you go. First year. There it is. I'm OC. Purdy loses in left tackle and went on a losing streak. Is he an MVP over Stroud? So Brock Purdy lost three games, and so he can't be the MVP? Like, really? 
CJ Stroud's no, lost. but this is why I keep doing this hypothetical and people hate it. My dad hates it. You hate it. But I'm thinking like, and you because you don't know. But what would Purdy look like on Houston? We know what Stroud looks like on Houston. Well, it's quite impressive play? for a rookie. It's quite impressive how he's carrying that team, winning games on his talents, not just letting, I don't know, Tank Dell and whoever carry. Like, it, it's a, it's Stroud. I don't know. Can, could Purdy do that on that team? I guess it doesn't matter. Guess it doesn't matter. But in the MVP conversation, if I'm voting for it, that's what I'm thinking. And I'm thinking, I don't know. Well, we won't. Uh, no more Tank Dell, unfortunately, for Houston. He's suffering Sorry, Tank. Uh, broken ankle or a broken leg so that stinks for them uh chris waddell says we need to petition to get grant on first things first nick grant versus uh broussard and uh wilds yeah holler at me you don't do a lot of tv do you do you do any tv no why not you could be on tv i'll tell him i'm gonna start calling hey I'm, i'm good enough what's up there you go. James you Welsh go. says they can't pay Purdy for two years. A lot can happen between now and then. Ultimately, true. it doesn't matter right now. Just win the Super Bowl now. Exactly. Sorry, basketball. James. You're right. We're getting ahead of ourselves. You're right. Matt McCune. Can we all agree to revoke Kyle Shanahan's Ty draft? Davis price. <sighs> we hardly can knew. Can we you. talk about, can we take a minute to appreciate the Ty Davis price era? Nothing against Ty Davis. All seven. Uh, everything against the Niners drafting him and never using him. Hold on. He had 40 carries. Seven games. Seven games. 40 carries, three yards of carry. Um, hit six carries this year. Don't remember them. Dallas. It was in the Dallas game. Wow. It's the only game he was what? active for. But you know what? That's okay. Who That's could hurt. they have taken instead of that? Well, I think we should look that up real quick. Hold on. Davis. I had a thing in um, the 49ers in five. This Kirby moment. Joseph. Brian Robinson Jr. They could have had Brian Robinson Jr. Kirby Joseph. If you haven't checked out 49ers and five, it's on the channel every day. It's available on podcast form. It's a five minute update, giving you the latest news on the Niners. Please check it out. Um, I had this little graphic here. Of course, now it's not loading. Look at the 49ers picks in the third round in the Shanahan era. Jalen Hurd, zero games. Trey Sermon, nine games. Danny Gray has played 13. He's the leader in the clubhouse. Congrats, Danny Gray. Ty Davis Price had seven. And of course, Cam Latu was hurt this year. He's not going to play any. But that that does sting a little bit. You say Danny Gray has played 13 games. Here's a quiz for you. Here's a little trivia, sports trivia. How many catches does Danny Gray have in his career? One. Okay, you got it. How many targets does he have? Two? No. One? <laughs> Seven. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's a little better. Seven targets, one catch. I mean, he'll he'll be the next one. I don't know why he's on the team. Sorry, Danny. It's definitely, you know, it stinks for sure. But luckily, the Niners, like we've been talking about all show, right? They have the talent. They've been able to to handle those misses. They've been able to shrug that off. And yeah, you'd like to see it get fixed. Nobody hits on every pick. But it does feel like those are Kyle Shanahan misses, like clearly. To, to that person's Maybe. point, those are offensive players that make no sense in round three. It's like whoever picked those guys, stop. You're out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mig says Jennings, Juwan Jennings is so underrated. No cap. Also, Debo needs an apology from y'all. He might not be our wide receiver one, but he's our leader and a dog on that. Field. Sorry, Debo. He, when Sorry, he Debo. wants to put the team in his backpack, he can do it on a level that, Maybe no one else can. Four other guys. It's unbelievable. Yeah. 
He <laughs> agree. I, I was talking with one of my friends like a month or two ago about the most exciting players to watch in the league. Tyree Kill, Lamar Jackson. Debo's, when he plays like that, is approaching. Just the way he can run through defenses and people bounce off him. It's pretty cool to watch. Non-football fans could appreciate that. Yes, I agree. You, yeah. you look, just watch the TV and you're like, oh my God. But here's why he's more exciting than Tyree Kill. When Tyree catches it, I already know he's going to outrun everybody <laughs> to the end zone. With Debo, you don't actually know if he's going to score. So it's almost more exciting because he's got a break, like like we saw on Sunday, break a tackle over the middle. Then you're like, ooh, you could, you could see it for that like half second. You're like, oh my God, this could be a big one. And then he starts to accelerate. He gets a great block from Kittle downfield, by the way. He breaks the tackle, dives into the end zone, and you're just like, did that just happen? And then, of course, it happened yeah. again later in the game. Unreal. He's just He is a rare, special player who is in the perfect, perfect place. As much as you want to talk about what would Brock be other places, I think Debo Samuel would not be the type of player he is if he was not with Kyle Shanahan. Well, if you put him on the Dolphins, I think Mike McDaniel would know what to do with him. But, yeah, it takes a very creative coach to get the most out of Debo Samuel because he's not one position. He's a hybrid. But Kyle did it the other day. Mike McDaniel used to do it. Chris Waddell says, just realized five of the top MVP odds are from Shanahan's offensive system. Stroud, Christian McCaffrey, Purdy, Tyree Kill, and Tua. Kind of crazy. I mean, there's True. a reason that Kyle and basically anyone that's ever coached with Sean McVay seemingly has a head coaching job in the NFL because this system right now, the league, I think, goes through kind of phases, and this is the en vogue thing right now. Well, maybe this is an argument for why, like, Dak Prescott should be the MVP considering his he is in play with the Santa hand advantage. He's got Mike McCarthy. Yeah. The stalest I, offensive system in the NFL and Dak's still putting up numbers. If we're just talking about degree of difficulty to Monson's point. But I could also argue that the Shanahan system is so popular. Everyone's practicing against it. So maybe it's harder for the quarterback. Yeah, maybe, maybe really Mike McCarthy is the guy who has the advantage these days. He's good Yeah, because he's zigging while everyone else is zagging the Mike McCarthy way play them again please, please let us play the mike drops with monster says you can't keep shrugging off misses when age hits this roster i'm afraid of the next two drafts without a gimme pick like bosa sitting there well the good news is the niners have they're pretty close to full complement of draft picks back now the trey lance stuff is paid off i think they have 11 picks next year if i'm not mistaken 11 or 12 something like that we know they're getting a bunch of comp picks that could get one more if chase young leaves um, so, you know, they're going to have chances to restock the cupboard there for sure. They don't have a lot of contributors from their last two drafts or do they? They have Brock Purdy, Jair Brown, Jake Moody. And now Ambry, I mean, Ambry Thomas is, you know, come along. Two years that's, ago, but that's a big one. Ambry's that's a big one. All of a sudden Ambry being a, a good. He's another one of those third round picks yeah. that I almost, you know, I couldn't put him on the graphic yesterday because he's, he's really contributed in a big, big way, but you're right. The last two drafts, I mean, Drake Jackson, he's an afterthought. I forgot he was on the team. Was he even active? Yeah. Was he? I literally yeah. don't know. He's on IR. He's on oh, IR. Yeah, that's right. Uh, right. Davis Price is already gone. Danny Gray, we know. Samuel Womack's on special teams, so that's cool. Kalia Davis had a sack on Sunday, so maybe we can start to get something out of him. I know he was uh, recovering from an ACL. Yeah, don't write him off. Okay. He Great. hasn't really had an opportunity yet. He might actually be something, but these other guys, like, well, I guess Cam Latu could be something. I just, he was so bad at training camp. He was alarming. <laughs> yeah. What do you, do you think the Zach Ertz thing has any legs? Kyle said he liked it. You don't think that's happening? All right. No, like if Zach Ertz wants to play for like 
10 bucks an hour and be on the practice squad fine because he's from danville but he can't run he can't block yeah if you can't block that's true no i, I forgot about that uh thomas tyler says hoping davis kinlaw and beal can contribute down the stretch to keep the bigs fresh and healthy would be huge Kinlaw's also, contributing davis yeah, it's contributing kinlaw. Uh, moody still terrifies thomas tyler moody's been he hasn't missed since missing what was it against minnesota he has not. Yeah, but to, to Thomas's point, he hasn't like been in these pressure situations in big games that he was a little nervous about before. So we'll see. He's been in some big wins, but that's okay. That's a good team. Hey, you know Remember, what? Remember, the, 90, the 94 Niners won a Super Bowl with a rookie uh, kicker. It can be done. The Niners got to a Super Bowl with David Akers, who was hideously bad again the, in 2012. David Akers was awful that year. He was bad. Don't put your kicker in pressure situations. How about that? Let's try that for a change. Keith Murphy says, Stroud to a Purdy, all playing in a version of the Shanahan offense. Rank them. I like that question. I can do it. I would say Stroud, Purdy, Tua. Yeah, I think most people would. Because I think Purdy's mobility gives him a little bit of the edge over Tua. Plus, I feel like, honestly, and maybe this is unfair, but if Tua gets another concussion, like, he might retire. He he said himself he thought about retiring after his one last year. So I, I do True. think you have to factor that in a little. I do think Tua has a nicer deep ball uh, than Purdy, which makes him a good fit with Tyreek. And I think um, Purdy is more mobile than Tua, which makes him a good fit behind the Niners offensive line. Jeremy Price, Grant, what's your take on them pulling up in the all black? Come on, that was fire. Trent Williams. That was really cool. Uh, said, that was like, it was very much like in your face. Because am I wrong? But is that not a Philly thing to wear like, you know, black on black with black uh, Air Forces and the black ski mask? Like, isn't that a whole thing in Philly? It is, I think. So I thought that the, the Niners were, it wasn't just like a, we're coming to your funeral. It's like, we are tougher than you. We are more Philly than you. Like we are showing you up in your own city. We have no respect for you. I thought it was really cool. Maybe I misinterpreted it, but I thought that was cool. Well, but it only is cool when you win, right? Dan Quinn did the same thing before the Niners Cowboys game, and we killed him. What did he do? He showed up in the all black. Dan Quinn went the then went the all black <laughs> against the Niners. Dan Quinn did it by himself. Yeah, <laughs> he's the one guy who did it. Well, that's cool. But the whole team did it, and Debo came out with the ski mask. Like that was pretty cool. Debo, I mean, God, Debo, he was just on a mission this week. Like, you don't get that from Debo every single week, but when you do, my God, is it on? Why don't you get that from Debo every single week? That's my question. They pay him $24 million a year. He can do it. Do you not want to be? You have the talent to be one of the greatest of all time. Well, do you not want that? Why not? I don't understand. Some guys are not wired like that, man. Not everybody's Jerry Rice where you want to go out. McCaffrey every- is wired like that. Ayuk yes. is wired like that. Kittle. McCaffrey is wired like that. Ayuk is wired like that. Why is not Debo wired like that? And maybe Kittle is too. Kittle's just a little bit older and it's fair for him to pace himself at certain times, which he hasn't even been doing. He's having a great year. Yes, he Gotta is. say. He's having exactly. a great year. I think Kittle yeah. would, if he had confidence, he'd get the ball every week, honestly. Like, yeah. But I just think like with Debo, it's, it's, this game was a special motivation for him because of all the this, this stuff that he said and because of the NFC Championship game. Like, this was a particular stew yeah. where he was just going to come out with everything he had. Like He had to. He's not going to play like that against the Cardinals. <laughs> this is not, he had to defend you know? his own ego and pride. Like, he put himself out there and said that the Eagles were trash and that they were – he had to prove himself right. He should talk trash more often, man. Put yourself in the situation where you have no choice. And it's – it's unreal how good he is. Uh, you mentioned McCaffrey being kind of like that self-motivated guy. JT O'Sullivan had a great 
uh, highlight in his Brock Purdy video this week of the Debo, the second Debo screen on the touchdown. Christian McCaffrey goes all out on a fake toss and it draws the linebacker on that side, just like three steps over to that side of the field. And because McCaffrey went all out on the fake and took the linebacker over, that's the last guy that's close to tackling Debo is that linebacker who's out of position because McCaffrey went full Ted Lasso. Pass me the ball. I would like the ball, please. And he, he drew the linebacker out of position. And like Debo ain't doing that on a fake. But McCaffrey is because he's that kind of player. Agree. I want to go back to the Black Air Force Ones because I think that's the key here. <laughs> really. Okay. Uh, there's a, I forget the guy's name, but there's a comedian on Twitter. He does a little bit on like the difference between, you know, when you wear black air force ones and when you wear white ones. Okay. And black air force ones are like, you know, real grimy vibe. And the white ones are like, you know, going out to, on a date, being Clean. really nice and safe. And, um, I feel like Debo became like a white air force ones kind of guy after he got paid, you know, fashionable, always trying to look really good. Like, nah, man, you need to embrace the black Air Force Ones inside you. That's what got you paid. That's what got you the all pro. Like, be the grimy grinder. Don't be the guy who wants to be male model or dress like one. Just saying. Dress grimier. It brings out the best in you. It all comes down to the shoes. Mike drops with Monsa. When I look at the three Niner losses, victory seems to be their biggest enemy. I hope they don't let the win versus Philly make them get off uh, the brakes or come in with that same attitude against the Browns. I do think that there's probably going to be a letdown this week against Seattle. I wouldn't be surprised if they started a little slow. You know, these people are human beings. That Eagles game, they got up for it. It was emotional. Seattle just lost to the Cowboys on Thursday, so they're not really perceived as much of a threat as they were when the Niners played them even a couple weeks ago on Thanksgiving. So I wouldn't be shocked if they were a little slow, but look, hell, they had negative six yards in the first quarter against the Eagles and still dropped 40. So maybe that won't matter. Yeah, I think you can kind of tell when the Niners are going to have an emotional letdown game. It's when they start sitting players and they say stuff like, well, you know, if it was a playoff game, he could have played. Okay, so you're sort of setting the tone that this game isn't a playoff game, right? But other games, it's like, if you're healthy, you can play. And I thought that was what the Eagles game was like, which kind of sets the tone is like this. Hey, it's we're saying it's just week 13, but this is sort of a playoff game. We can't, we need to win this game. And that's not what this is this week. I don't, I don't know. I don't, let's look at Armstead. Do they sit Armstead and save him for the playoffs? Or is it like, nah, man, like this is a divisional game and we're trying to win this division and we're trying to get that number one seed and you got to go out and play it. What is their attitude here? That'll kind of tell me what they're going to, how they're going to play. That's fair. I mean, Armstead yeah. didn't practice all last week and still played. So exactly. Know. Why? Because they needed him. So is, is, is this game on that level? And the Niners can we'll clean the playoff spot this week, by the way. If San Francisco beats Seattle, and either the Packers or the Vikings lose, the Niners clinch a playoff spot. So, like, see, they, they could know that. And they, their attitude could be, you know, let's handle business now. Mm -hmm. And then we can potentially give ourselves a bye week, week 18, if we need it and we don't get the number one seed. Like, they can give themselves some rest one way or another if they take care of business now. They may not have an emotional letdown this week, they might be rolling. They Maybe usually do roll in early December. Maybe that's enough to get her going. Uh, Mike Drop says facts on the Air Force Ones. A lot of people uh, like that analogy. James right. Walsh says my hesitation about Brock, uh, paying Brock Purdy. If they're paying franchise money, I want a Stroud. Yes, every quarterback needs weapons, but a true franchise quarterback needs less. Brock Purdy has seemed he can't lose one weapon. 
I mean, that's not true. Last year, he played a lot of those games without Debo, and he's still dicing people up. Let's not forget about that. Yeah, I mean, look, you'd love to have a quarterback like C.J. Stroud. He was the second pick in the draft. Texans got lucky. One, that they were there. Two, that the Panthers took the wrong guy. I think <laughs> what's great about the with Brock Purdy is it seemed like everyone can get a Brock Purdy. He's just hanging around. The NFL doesn't value his skill set. Like they, everyone has to like sort of recalibrate what they're looking for to even find the next Brock Purdy. Because two years ago, no one wanted Brock Purdy. No one valued anything that he brought to the table. Now everyone's like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. That's how you can win with that? Okay. All right. We can find that. Maybe not, but it's more attainable than finding the next CJ Stroud. Good luck. Right. I think teams look at it like, hey. One, it's probably easier to find that guy. Two, it doesn't cost us as much if we fail, if we screw it up in the meantime. So that's a nice combination for teams. But for every Brock Purdy, there's Tim Doyle or Tim Boyle, whatever the hell his name was. There's Tommy DeVito, who, by the way, still has the best celebration in the NFL. I love it as an Italian-American. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of guys that are just just guys. So it's not like, well, teams have had a lot of success doing this. The Niners happen to get lucky and surround him with great players and surround yeah. him with a great head coach yeah. calling plays. So it's, I it's just that, think it's funny that teams are going to be looking for the next Brock Purdy, like hundred percent, you know, like that's not something anyone was looking for two years ago, that at quarterback, that skill set, none of that. But now it's like, wait a second, that's valuable. Oh, you started four years in college. Wait a second. Come right over here. Like in the past, I use that against the player. Like how come you didn't go in the NFL? Just no team want you just stayed in school. Right. Oh, I guess you, I guess you have no upside then. I guess you've kind of peaked. People don't care about that anymore. There's no well, yeah, upside. will get you fired. It's not a developmental league. A lot of unless scouts you're Andy Reid. Those Iowa State yeah. games are going to be a lot more crowded now with scouts and and uh, personnel. Chris Waddell says if Debo played every game like he did on Sunday, he would die. <laughs> <laughs> well, only if he gets tackled, I guess. I think he'd be all right. He's young. He's 27. He'd be all right. I think that people. I don't think he's going to ever be what he was in 2021 because that's one of the single greatest single seasons in the history of football. But I think people forget how much of a down year he had in 2022. He only had 864 total yards from scrimmage and five touchdowns. So I think the Debo that we're seeing now is somewhere between the incredible guy we saw in 2021 and the kind of really disappointing guy we saw in 2022. So he's going to have more games like he had on Sunday. I feel like with Debo, you have to sort of get his ego involved. Like Debo, you need to care. You're you're our best player. And he can respond to that. In 2021, they were like, Debo, save us. And he rose to the occasion. Last year, they get Christian McCaffrey. And Debo's like, well, I don't really have to carry this team. So I won't this week. And, and until they absolutely need him to. I like the idea of putting him a kick returner. Like get him more engaged in the game. Debo, you're our best player. Debo, we want to leverage you as much as possible. We're not going to forget about you for a quarter at a time. You, you catch the ball eight yards deep in the end zone, take it out. You're freaking Debo Samuel. I love that Did in that game. That? I thought that was an underrated part of that game, putting him a kick, kick returner. And he asked to be put a kick returner. Do it every awesome. freaking week. I love it. You got to use him more. You're paying him a lot of money. He's that great. Don't make him an afterthought every other week because you have so many people to get the ball to. Like He needs to be more involved. It brings out the best in him. I love that he's basically like seven yards deep in the end zone. YOLO, let's go. I'm taking it back every time. And I'm sure the, the other team's like, damn, we got to tackle him. Right. And he's got a full head of steam, too. That, that is not fun. Uh, Madness 
Demenis says, what percentage do you guys give the Niners to finish with the number one seed? And is it extremely important to do so? I think I saw the actual math on this. And right now I believe the Niners have a 40% chance to finish with the number one seed, which is up from 20% before they played the Eagles. So I believe it's 40% technically to get the number one seed. Is it extremely important? It's really important. They get the bye week to rest. We saw the difference in this team before and after the bye week this year. And they get all the games at home. And the Niners have lost two games at home the last two seasons. They lost to Cincinnati this year, and they lost to the Chiefs last year. That's it. I think the Niners are going to get the number one seed. I think what we're seeing with the Eagles, to like sort of re-examine them, they're not a dominant team this year. They were winning a lot of close games. And then the last few games before they played the Niners, they won some games, and we gave them a lot of credit because it was so impressive, but that they probably should have lost. Like Marquez Valdez dropped a pass, and uh, the the Bills missed a field goal, and there was a wide-open receiver in the end zone that Josh Allen threw to the wrong like the wrong direction. Like, they kind of lucked out, and then the Niners really exposed all the weaknesses that other teams were kind of hinting at. And now it's like, I, what are they going to do down the stretch? How good are they really? What are they going to do against Dallas this week? Their defense is trash. <laughs> it's not very good. Pass defense, at least. Their pass defense is trash. It is. And it, I think, I don't know, man. They, they're going to lose more games. I think they're going to lose more games. I'm not sure that the Niners are going to lose more regular season games. They might lose to Baltimore, maybe. Matthew Sanders says, Grant, to be fair, the Mud Dogs started with their water boy in the Bourbon Bowl, and they won because they didn't hold anything back. That's what I was telling them to do. <laughs> Solid reference by you, Thank Matt. you, Matthew. Uh, Chris Waddell says, three-year college starter was the first rule for Bill Parcells. Yeah, if anyone does this, oh, back yeah. in the day, Bill Parcells had, like, commandments for drafting quarterback. Uh, I'm trying to find him really quickly. I'll get it, too. Some of I'll them are outdated. Four-year four player, three-year starter, college graduate, 30 career starts, 23 career wins, 60% completion percentage or higher, two-to-one pass, passing touchdown to interception ratio. I would imagine that Purdy checked all those boxes. I would imagine that Jake Browning checked all those boxes. And it doesn't mean you're going to be a good quarterback because situation matters, all that stuff. But it seems like it gives you a real chance on a team like this. Hold on. Go Whereas, back. Say, say those again. Let's see. Uh, I'll do it slower. I'll do it slower. It's slow. Okay. Three-year starter. Yep. College graduate. Yep. 30 career starts at least. Uh, yes. 20, 23 career wins at least. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. You can find that. 60% completion percentage, at least. Uh, yes. Two to one uh, TDs to interception ratio. Yes. Okay. And it doesn't mean he's going to be great, but it's like, it means he's ready. It means he's ready to leave college, essentially. It means he's ready to go. All right, let's get to a couple super chats here before we go. Vincent says, if, he only, if Debo only did returns, would he be the best ever? Uh, Devin Hester was pretty he's damn quite good. good at it. He's very, yeah. he's, he doesn't really make people miss or try to have a bunch of cuts. He just runs really hard. Roadhog 228. Grant says Purdy wouldn't be good on the bears. Well, young wouldn't be in the hall of fame if he stays in Tampa. He sucked with the Bucks, So that means nothing. Well, Steve wasn't good on the Niners right away. Steve was a project. This is different. Antonio says, assuming we can't pay both Debo and Ayuk, which player is more important? Ayuk's vertical ability or Debo's contributions to the scheme by simply being on the field and creating mismatches? Really good question. 
I feel like Debo is a better fit for what the Niners want to do on offense. They don't invest in their offensive line. They have a quarterback who doesn't really throw deep. Like they want to get the ball out quick and let Debo and McCaffrey get yard. They're all about yak. They're the yak team in the NFL. Ayuk isn't. Ayuk's the air yard guy. Ayuk's the guy who can catch the ball 15, 20 yards down the field. And um, he would benefit from a team with a better offensive line and a stronger armed quarterback. So, uh, but he's still great on the Niners. And he's two years younger than Debo. And he gets hurt less. So it's a tough one. This is going to sound mean, but I think Ayuk is the better player, but Debo is harder to replace. There just aren't dudes out there that can run, can can be like the fastest running back and the strongest wide receiver in one But you can get really good split ends. You can get really good X receivers. You can. Receiver is becoming a position where you have a lot more success in the draft, almost like running back. Just look at the receivers that have come into the league in the past two, three, four years. I mean, the the Vikings traded away Stephon Diggs, who since he's gotten to Buffalo has led the league in catches. And they got better at wide receiver with Justin Jefferson. It's not easy to do, but it can be done. And that's what the Niners did. They had Emmanuel Sanders and let him go. You're done. You're really good for us, but you're done. And we're going to go get Brandon Ayuk. And that was the right call. And if they do it again, there's so much pressure. I don't think wide receivers are the hardest position to find. It seems like most of the good athletes on offense are playing wide receiver in college these days. It's not like when we were kids and they're all play all, all playing running back. Yep. Um, thank you everybody for the super chats. We really appreciate it. Like, and subscribe to both YouTube channels, the gold standard network, YouTube channel and grant Cohen's YouTube channel. If you're not subscribed, if you want to become a member, uh, at least for the gold standard, please, it's less than $3 a month. You get custom emojis, you get membership badges, you get priority comment response. It's a great way to support the channel. We are live every single weekday here with you, as are you, Grant. I know you do multiple shows a day on your channel, so make sure you like and subscribe to both. Niners are rolling. Don't fast forward through the year. Enjoy it, everybody, because it is damn rare to see. And, Hell yeah. Uh, am I going to see you in Vegas this year, Grant? Well, I, I mean, think that depends on the, the Niners. I think if we're the going. Niners go, I'm going, man. I got to cover the four. I got to cover the Super Bowl. But I got to say, man, covering the Super Bowl is not a very fun journalistic experience. Have you <laughs> seen those scrums? It's not. It's not. It's so hard to get close to an athlete. There's a million people there. Most of them aren't necessarily serious, and they get questions like, "What's your favorite color?" Or like you know, like that kind of. And it's like the NFL kind of likes that type of coverage that you. So it's like if you try to ask a real football question, you might get it in. You definitely can't ask a follow up, and it's a little silly, but, and it's all week. First, I'm not complaining. World problems. First, yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Even as I was saying it, I was like, no one cares. No one cares. Everyone would want to be there. I'll just shut up. And that is a good way to end the show. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.